Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We've just reached 50 plus episodes and it has been so much fun doing this podcast and listening to all the reaction to it. And, and I thank you so much for listening and for subscribing and reviewing. It's it's just been a lot of fun. I'm going to take this week off, uh, do a little break. Uh, but in the meantime, all this week, every day, I'm going to play the top five most popular episodes of the podcast to date. Today we're going to start with the, the obviously the fifth most popular episode, and of course, it has to do with certificates of insurance. Give it a listen. From the 27th floor of the Met Square building in beautiful downtown St. Louis, Missouri, home of Snowmageddon 1 and 2, big snowstorms with no snow, this is Michael's Insurance Daily, a daily insurance coverage and bad faith podcast put on by me, Michael Young. Uh, can you hear me now? Uh, had some comments about yesterday's podcast that it kind of cut in and out and it was difficult to hear. And I'm sorry about that. I was uh, recording that uh, in my home because I was uh, afraid of getting caught in a snowbank that, that never arrived. So hopefully uh, you, you can uh, hear me a, a little bit better today. We're going to continue our series on the top 10, 10 things that insurance companies can do that will cause them to lose their ability to assert their insurance coverage defenses. And number two is issuing incorrect certificates of insurance. Now, I will tell you, I've posted about uh, certificates of insurance on LinkedIn before, and there are three things that I have learned that one does not discuss in polite company, religion, politics, and certificates of insurance. I mean, seriously, uh, that this topic, for whatever reason, which is totally uh, unexplained to me, really can fire people up uh, and, and, and get them really going. So certificates of insurance, obviously, these are documents put out by brokers or agents to insureds to show that, uh, to demonstrate that they have insurance coverage. Often these are documents given to, you know, subcontractors, contractors, you know, building owners, et cetera, to show that, that the people working on a project, for example, have insurance. Those certificates of insurance, God bless them, are often, now I'll make, often is probably too strong, sometimes are incorrect or have information that's not exactly right, particularly in the additional insured context. And, you know, the argument can arise that, well, you, you gave me a, or I received a certificate of insurance that shows that I would have coverage. You know, I, the policy may not actually provide that coverage, but it doesn't matter. I was given their certificate of insurance. I relied on it, and, and therefore I should get coverage for the resulting claim that inevitably happens when a bad certificate is is floating out there. I, I will say, um, you know, and I haven't done a survey of, of all 50 states, that, that that would take some time. But but I think on the whole, it's fair to say that, that the majority of states will say that a certificate of insurance, that if it has incorrect information on there about the policy, is not binding on the insurance company. And, and I think that those are, that's mostly because most modern certificates of insurance that I've seen will have pretty good disclaimers at the top and the bottom and who knows where else that indicate that their certificate is, is informational only, that it's not designed to create, add, alter, represent what coverage is. It's, it's just information. Um, maybe some older certificates don't have that language. 
Um, proofs of insurance are a completely different animal. Uh, you know, those perhaps can be binding on the carrier, but for the most part, uh, the modern certificates of insurance, most states, I think, will say that those are not binding on the carrier. Now, if a bad certificate uh, of insurance is issued, the broker may have a problem, you know, because, you know, a, a subcontractor, a contractor, whoever, if they actually did rely on that certificate in order to allow or to enter to a job or, or so forth, uh, it could be a potential E&O claim against the broker or agent, you know, check your local jurisdiction on that, but that doesn't necessarily create coverage for the insurance company. Now, the, the one wrinkle to this that I have seen in some places, though, is that if the agent out there issuing the false certificate is considered an agent not only of the insured but also the insurance company, that's when it gets interesting. Because although this, the certificate may not change what the policy says, if you have a agent that's out there issuing incorrect information and those representations are binding on the carrier, I have seen some places where the insureds are able to say, hey, there is coverage here, or at least that there should be uh, under some kind of representation theory if the agent and, and the representations are binding on the insurance company. So you have to be very careful in those situations. And of course, is the agent really an agent of the carrier? Are they an agent for these purposes? Was the reliance reasonable, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, but that is the one scenario that I have seen from time to time where issuing an incorrect certificate of insurance actually can, can potentially cost the insurance company its ability to assert its coverage defenses. Doesn't happen that often, doesn't happen in that many places, but it is something to look at. Uh, even in the in the majority of states, which say certificates normally don't uh, create coverage and, and therefore can't, you know, stop the insurance company from asserting its coverage defenses. So I think I've said the word certificate now 47 times. That's a new record. Uh, very proud of myself. If, if you want to uh, learn more about this particular way that carriers can lose their coverage defenses or the other nine, I have a link to an article uh, on this very topic in the show notes for this uh, episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you liked what you heard today, I would love it if you were to subscribe and also share this uh, podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you want to learn more about me, Michael Young, just uh, go to my website, michaelyoungstl.com. That's michaelyoungstl.com. You can find my articles, blog posts, uh, links to my LinkedIn, Twitter, email, all that good stuff. As always, you have to remember that the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. Have a great day.